0: Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will hear from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing And hearing by by the Word of God. God. Amen. Amen. Man, I'm excited. We just got back from uh, uh, Caris Bible College tour, if you will, with uh, Will and Barbara Graham. Uh, We started off in Zimbabwe last week and uh, two weeks ago, I believe, and last week we were in Heidelberg at the school there. Uh, They have what they call open week where they invite all the first year students And uh, their families and all the second-year and third-year students are there with us as well. And we get to spend several days in the Word of God just teaching and encouraging them. And I just love being with... uh, uh, some Karis Bible College family. Amen. And uh, so they send their regards, Isaac and Annalene, and we're going to be back here in Joburg uh, doing the open week for Johannesburg next Saturday. So if you are free, please be sure to join us at Outron. I believe that's where it is, Outron Center, in Midrand from 9 in the morning. Man, I want to say this. Bible College is not just for pastors. Uh, Bible College is going to help you get discipled. It's going to help you uh, receive... A renewal renewal of your mind uh, so that you may be able to prove that which is the good, uh, acceptable, and perfect will of God. In other words, it's going to help you change your thinking so that you can manifest for yourself uh, God's will over your life. Amen? Amen. So it's not just uh, for pastors. It's for everybody. But today we are starting a brand new series, and I would like to title this series, God's Kind of Prosperity. Amen? Amen? God's kind of prosperity. Notice I didn't say uh, just prosperity. I said the God kind of prosperity. Amen? Amen. And there is a God kind of prosperity which is different uh, from the religious kind of prosperity, which is also different from the world's kind of prosperity. And we're going to try and strip all the fat around this subject of prosperity and just keep the stake. Amen? So that we can have a good meal. Hallelujah. So we're going to start off in Genesis chapter number 1, and I'm going to read from verse 26 to 28. Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26 to 28. It says, God spoke, let us make human beings. I'm reading in the Message Bible, if you will. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they, human beings, can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth, God created human beings. He created them godlike. like Someone shout I am God-like. God. Reflecting God's nature, he created them male and female. God blessed them. And then he puts a semicolon there, open inverted commas, And uh, now we are getting ready to read the first thing mankind ever heard from the mouth of God. And the first word God decided out of the entire vocabulary of heaven that mankind should hear from his mouth was prosper. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? So prosperity is not a man-made idea. Prosperity is a God idea. God decided in his omniscience. How many of you know that God is all-knowing? Amen. Amen. God decided in his infinite wisdom that the first thing his children from, should hear from his mouth was prosper. Mm. So I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that prosperity is not an American church concept. Yeah. Prosperity right. is for you. Yep. Yeah. I thought I was going to get an amen. 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 Hallelujah. Prosperity is not something that some comfort-hungry preacher came up with oh, in yeah. Texas. Oh yeah, preacher, preacher. <laughs> No, it is a God idea. He repeated it in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He said, I have a plan for you. And this plan is not to harm you, but this plan is to prosper you, give you a hope and a future. Other versions of the Bible, it says, to give you an expected end. Mm -hmm. And he repeated it in 3 John 1, verse 2. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may... Prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So prosperity is not a a curse word. Prosperity is God's plan for his children. But a few years ago, you know, at the beginning of the year, I read a book by a gentleman called uh, Simon Sinek. I think that's his name. It's called Start with the Why. The reason why the waters have been muddied around a uh, 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 concept of prosperity from God's perspective is because the church did not look at the why. Why does God want you to prosper? Because if you start with the why, you're going to have clarity around this subject of prosperity. Amen? I said Amen. God does not want you to prosper so that you can indulge every lustful desire that you have. God wants you to prosper for a reason. Just like he told Abraham, I'm blessing you for a reason. He said, I'm blessing you so that you may become a blessing to others. So the ultimate, someone say ultimate. ultimate. The ultimate goal for prosperity is to be a blessing. When you start looking at prosperity from uh, what I like to call uh, a 30,000-foot view, and you know what? This uh, uh, God has brought such a revelation of prosperity in my heart. This is the only thing that I travel for to preach the gospel. This is the only thing I travel to teach on, if you will. You know, I remember one of my friends in Namibia, I wanted me to come out and uh, preach on marriage and relationships. Though I have a good marriage and awesome uh, relationship with my wife, I just don't feel anointed and qualified enough to teach on that. But when it comes to grace in the marketplace, oh, yes. I'm ready to teach on that. You know why? Because I've seen so many errors, and God has revealed so many great things in my heart, and I'm ready to share with the world. I grew up in a three-roomed house sleeping under the kitchen table on the floor. There was nothing glorious about that. Have you ever heard these people that try and uh, uh, put glitters around poverty? You know, the doctrine of suffering, the doctrine of poverty. There is nothing glorious about poverty. I was poor. Yeah. And it was not glorious. There was nothing glorious about the teacher calling out my name because we were two terms behind school fees. There was nothing glorious about wearing a school uniform with a patch on it because when you tried to iron it, the iron was too hot and it burned. And Mama said, I don't have money, you better work with what you got. You get the picture? Nothing glorious about me not having enough and extra so that I could be a blessing to somebody else. Nothing glorious about begging. Nothing glorious about when the creditors are calling you because they want their money, you just look at the phone and you know, I'm not going to answer that. Nothing glorious about, it does not bless God. Yeah, it's true. nothing glorious about poverty. Yeah, you get the picture? Yeah. And this is why God wants you to be prosperous so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. Yeah. Let's go and read 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. From verse 8. I want to read it in the New Living Translation. But here's what it says in the King James. It says, and God is able. Someone shout God is able. It says God is able to make all grace. All of it abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency may abound unto every good work. That uh, sentence, the last sentence uh, of that verse, is the ultimate destination for prosperity. May abound unto every good work. And if you read it in the New Living Translation, it says, "And God, who oh, not as it didn't say, and your job, because yeah, right. your job is not your source." Oh, yeah. See, people get all stressed out about losing their job. Man, it doesn't matter if, if, if people treat you unfairly and so on and so on. You still have God because God is your source. Amen. He says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need. And what's the next word? And? Amen. I didn't hear that. And? Amen. I did not hear that. And? Amen. He says, and plenty left over to share with others. Brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that God carefully placed the word plenty in this sentence and he placed it on the sharing with others side of the ledger. Did you see that? He didn't say so that you may have plenty to consume. You know why? Because you can only consume so much. Have you ever been to these places where they sell food and it's uh, uh, eat all you can, eat all you can, you can eat all you can? And I mean, I've been to those places with the unmitigated goal of making them regret ever coming up with such a (laughs) dumb idea. You that. anybody else who walks into those places thinking, you know what, I'm going to make you regret (laughs) ever coming up with this. I'm going to eat all I can (laughs) by about one and a half plates, most of us. Are already full and can't go any further. But how many of you know that you could cause some real damage if you went in there with the community in mind? Yeah. Man, just grabbing plates and giving people outside. Just go back in and grab food. Man, you could go all the way up to 30. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that for you to take full advantage of God's kind of prosperity, you have to move from consumption to being a blessing. Man, if consumption is all you have in your mind, if you're giving offerings to get a big harvest so you can go and spend it, you're not going to get it. Someone say, ouch. (laughs) In fact, let's go to James. Let's go to James. I want to read James chapter number 4 from verse 2 to 3. May I have the board, please? James chapter 4 from verse 2 to 3. The ultimate goal... For prosperity is to be a blessing. If you're writing down notes, you can write that down. Most people start off here. This is the T ledger, the T the, the, the account for prosperity. If you will. This is where most of us start. In fact, this is where we should end up. This is where most of us start. This is consumption. And God does not have a problem with consumption. He wants all your needs met. And what kind of things do you consume? Car? House? Food? <laughs> Clothing? Say what? Holidays? Holidays? Holidays. Yeah, man. <laughs> right? But I want you to see that the plenty is on the consumption side of the ledger. And then God says, you know what, to start off, you can just give a little bit. Let's say 10%. But how many of you realize that this is not the ultimate goal that God wants you to be at? God wants you to be here like Bill Gates. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Where you're giving more than you're actually consuming. This is the ultimate goal of prosperity. Remember, he said, and God will generously provide all you need. Yeah. You will have everything that you need at all times yeah. and plenty. Someone say plenty? Yeah. God wants the plenty to be on this side of the ledger. That's awesome. But this is a mindset. This has got to be a mindset. For you to start thinking this way, you have to function at a different mindset. Amen? Watch what he says here in James 4 from verse 2 to 3. He says, you last," And he's talking to church folk. James is the only letter that was written to the people that he pastored. So James is writing to the people that he pastored. And he's saying to them, you lust and you do not have. You murder, you covet, and you cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. So the first group of people did not have because they just didn't ask. And the second group of people, watch what happens. Verse 3. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. That word amiss means you ask with the wrong motive. What's that motive? So that you may spend it. Man, let me ask you a question. If you got the 13th check, 14th check, 15th check, 16th check, uh, 17th check, 18th check, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I'm going to spend this one. I'm going to (laughs) spend this one. And that may be the reason why your prosperity is limited. It's because you're thinking about self. How many of you know that you make a real small box when you're wrapped around yourself? And the reason why the body of Christ hasn't prospered as a whole is because our prosperity has been about cars, our prosperity has been about suits. Our prosperity has been about diamond rings. It's been about, you know, uh, private jets. It's been about spending. In fact, the only man I've heard that really brags on the God kind of prosperity, and I'm so blessed I'm connected to him, is Andrew Walmack. Mm-hmm. The only time I've heard him brag about prosperity is saying, because we've put out two million books. How many of you know that when you put out two million books, you are not the one reading all of them? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. He says, we've built a car park that can hold a thousand cars. How many of you know that he's not parking a thousand cars in it? When Billy Earpard came to minister last year, uh, uh, some, some of you may not know this, but he paid his way to come and minister to us uh, for grace in the marketplace. And uh, literally when they bought his ticket, I asked for his itinerary. He asked his uh, PA to crop the ticket so that I, I could not see the, the price he had paid just to get himself here. Because he, he flies minimum first class. But he wasn't flying first class to go to Bahamas. He was flying first class to go to South Africa so that he can be a blessing to you and me. That's the God kind of prosperity. Where you are spending the resources God has given you to be a blessing to the nations. Man, I travel all over the world and I tell people, hey, I used to stay in poverty. I used to uh, live in this place and so on. And I tell them, now I'm prospering. And they say, oh, really? I say, yeah. They say, so where do you live now? I said. Oops, you're measuring it the wrong way. Now I'm prosperous because I'm standing before you preaching to you. (laughs) Got to be a prosperous man to be standing before you preaching to you. Amen? That's the God kind of prosperity. And if we can fix the compass of our hearts to move from consumption. Because you can only consume so much. I don't care who you are. After about one plate and a half, that's it. You can only consume. Man, if we can become obsessed with the true God kind of prosperity, I'm telling you, there is no limit to the kind of resources God will begin to bring our way. I'm not saying God wants you to, you to live poor, but I'm saying when you fix your heart, all your needs are going to be taken by a small percentage of the resources God will give you. How many of you know that 10% of a billion is 100 million? It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good. you still have 100 yeah, million to spend <laughs> if your heart is right. Amen? Yeah. I said amen. amen. <laughs> so we have to move from yeah. this to over here to where we, we, you know, when you get extra, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Is it, in fact, let's read Luke 12. Luke chapter number 12 from verse 16 to 21. Is this helping you? Yeah. Luke chapter number 12 from verse 12, from verse 16 to 21. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully... Question, what should he have done with the plenty? I didn't hear that. Others. I did not hear that. Yes. <laughs> did you guys read Second Corinthians 9 verse 8? Yes. That's not what this guy did. He was about to receive plenty and he thought within himself saying, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? Come on, give it away. That should be easy, right? No, that's not what he said. He said within himself, this I will do. I will pull down my bonds and build greater bonds. There will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say, basically what this guy was saying is, I'm going to upgrade my tastes. Hey. He was moving from appetizer to champagne. Oh, no. Can I say that? No, I can't say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you, Jesus. He was moving from Fanta to appetizer. (laughs) Put your stones down. (laughs) Man, you stoned the (laughs) pastor. This guy should have given it away. But what he did was he decided, you know what? I'm just going to upgrade my taste. Mm -hmm. That's not the reason for prosperity. The reason for prosperity is not to spend at a higher level. Mm -hmm. Amen. It is to be a blessing. You should have given it away. And he said within himself, Saul, you have so much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, you fool. Man, it's foolish to think about yourself all the time. You fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which you have provided? Somebody else was going to spend them. Verse 21, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. How do we become rich towards God? We change our thinking. We fix our mindset. We start thinking of being a blessing to the nations of how we can be. Man, I wished our governments on the continent could come to this church so they can hear this sermon. Amen. That when we trust you with a position of office, it is not so that you can serve yourself. It is not so that you can get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. It is so that you can use the resources to bless the people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, preach it to them. The problem with the continent is not resources. We are the richest, by far, the richest continent in the entire world. Yeah. Our problem is motives. Yeah. in the leadership, also known as mismanagement. Okay, I need, down. I, need down. I need to calm down. I need to calm down. I need to calm down. Man, I'm telling you, resources are not just for you to consume. You know, when we elect you in office, it's not your turn to eat. Man, we go to places. Anybody ever heard that? Come on, come on. Say, man, I've got five years to eat. It's a terrible mindset. It's called a scarcity mindset. And we have to fix that. Amen? Amen? Amen. How many of you know that there is enough for everybody? There is enough for everybody. I remember growing up, we would go and visit my parents uh, in the village. And this is how they would feed us, typically as boys, is that they would sit us around uh, one bowl of pup and one bowl of uh, stew, meat. And then they would say, you know, on your marks, get ready. Go. (laughs) And I mean, whoever could eat the fastest, I'm talking about whoever could stomach a hot meal the fastest, (laughs) had an advantage over their brothers. So you had to learn how to go fast. And I mean, guys would come with long sleeve shirts. (laughs) So that is, they dip their hand in the stew, they would just put the other meat in the long sleeve shirt, just. (laughs) And unfortunately, we've taken the same mindset into government, where we're thinking, you know what, I'm here for just a small period of time. I've got to take as much as I can. Plunder, that's what it's called. That's not what resources are for. Resources are so that we can be a blessing to others. God has blessed us with all these things so that we can bless others. It is not so that we can upgrade our tastes, you know. You can only do so much, brothers and sisters. You can only spend so much. Amen? So this guy should have given away the extra. And let me just point this out. God did not kill him. He just so happened to die on the day he was planning to hoard. God didn't kill him. God is not the one that steals, kills, and destroys. He just so happened. In fact, we learn a great lesson from this, that whatever you are accumulating, you can't go to heaven with it. But here's what you can do. You can send it in advance by using it to bless other people, by using it to touch people's lives. With the gospel. Just like Pastor Henry said, the only important thing we get to do in the earth is to preach the gospel to the nations. It's the most important thing we get to do, and we are so privileged to be the carriers uh, of the New Testament, the New Covenant, and we get to take it to the nations. Man, I'm telling you, God wants you to prosper so that you can be a blessing to your community, so that you can be be a blessing to your company, the company you work for, so that you can be a blessing to your church, to your family, and to those around you. God wants you to have resources so that you can be the one eradicating hunger on the continent of Africa. Amen. That's right. yeah. But if you are all thinking about your Bentley and your Maserati, you're probably not going to drive it. <laughs> In fact, let me put it like this. If you are giving offerings to reap a big harvest so you can spend it on yourself, you're probably not going to get it. Mm-hmm. I would advise you to not give your offerings mm-hmm. if that's your mindset. Fix your mindset to where you want to be a blessing. Amen. A lot of people give, and you know, unfortunately, preachers haven't made it better. Preachers would come on television and say, "Man, if you send us a thousand rand, the ground is ready right now. If you're watching on television, the ground is ready right now. If you send us a thousand rand, you're gonna rip two hundred thousand before the month is over with." And people are sending into that lotto, that jackpot, with a mindset. So both of them are actually wrong. Do you realize that? Because the motive of the person who's sending 1,000 is not right. The motive of the preacher is also not right. Because we give as a lifestyle. We don't give to reap 200,000 so that we can run away. We give so that we get a harvest and keep giving. That's right. Amen. And there's a big difference. Yeah, that's good teaching. Amen. Amen. You get the picture now? Man, I'm telling you, if we start fixing our mindsets, there's so much prosperity that's available from God to meet all your needs. Awesome. Just three weeks ago, I was sitting and wondering. Some of you may know I'm going to uh, preach in Denver, Colorado, for Billy Harper at one of his business conferences there called Wealth Builders. And I was sitting asking God, where am I going to get the finances uh, for my air tickets? And I was just sitting thinking about it, and uh, during Faith Week, on the first day of Faith Week, someone made a deposit of about uh, a thousand U.S. dollars, and that's exactly what we needed into the PayPal account uh, for us to get tickets so that we could travel overseas and be a blessing to other people. God provides when you need it. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that you don't have to have a million dollars in your account for you to live like a millionaire? You all you need is to have a father in heaven who will supply all your needs when your needs are ready to be supplied for. Amen. And when he supplies, man, he can send you places to go and preach the gospel without ever begging anyone. That's what I like about God. God positions you into his prosperity. You won't have to beg anyone. You won't have to manipulate anyone. And here's my favorite, personal favorite. You won't have to suck up to anybody. All you can do is just trust and depend on God, and God will prosper you. Such a good place to be. Let's go and read uh, First Timothy. So what I'm saying with you today is be obsessed with the destination. Amen. We're talking about uh, 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 the Bahamas. So what we're talking about? Uh, yes. Usually when you yes. when you how do you? This is the plane, right? Yeah. This is the plane with the wings. I don't know if this this will work as a plane. That's a and this is the Bahamas. That's fish? (laughs) No, let me put a propeller here. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's an airplane. (laughs) I don't care who you are. (laughs) Now, if you go to O'aratambo to board a plane to go to the Bahamas, when the plane reaches the cruising altitude, usually... They switch on the in-flight entertainment. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Yeah. They also give you food. And if you're flying first class, they give you real food with real cutlery. Amen? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Will Graham told me, he said, man, they give you, you know, over there in the economy, it's chicken or beef. In first class, they give you filet mignon. So I asked him, I said, what's that? He said, don't worry about it. It's just braille meat. Fillet <laughs> <laughs> <Philip> mignon. <laughs> you get in flight. Uh, these days you can get Wi-Fi. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. And sometimes if you're in first class, you can actually get a bed. A in fact, Billy Eppard told me they give you pajamas yeah. and, they, and they make your bed yeah. In, yeah. In, in, yeah. while you're flying. But how many of you know that Even if it gets so awesome, as good as it may get up here, that's not the reason why I boarded the plane. The reason why I boarded the plane is to get to Bahamas. Get me to Bahamas. I don't care how good it is. Get me to Bahamas. It's the same thing. The destination for prosperity is to be a... Blessing. It doesn't, a, it doesn't matter what you drive. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you put on. That's not the goal. Get to the blessing. Blessing others. Now we are measuring prosperity the right way. The destination of the God kind of prosperity is to be a blessing. So don't get overly obsessed with in-flight entertainment <laughs> and Wi-Fi. That's not the reason why you bought the ticket. You get it? Let's go to First Timothy 6, verse 17. First Timothy 6, verse 17. As we close. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, it says, Command those who are rich in this pre- present age not to be haughty or to be high minded, nor to trust. Someone say trust. trust. That's the key word, trust. If you can circle that word in your Bible, he says not to be haunty or high-minded, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. So our trust should not be misplaced. When God gives you riches... Your trust should never be misplaced. It should never be in the riches. That was the problem with the man in Luke 12. He kicked God out of his life. He said, look at all these goods that I've amassed in my bigger barns. I'm going to say to my soul, Saul, you have worked so hard. Now you can relax, take ease, and put your confidence. Look at all these goods. You're never, ever, ever going to have to pray another day in your life. In fact, that's how some people do it. They only pray when they're in a crisis mode because they think prayer is to fix the crisis. They don't realize prayer is to have a functional relationship with the Father. Just just being cool with God. That's what prayer is for. Without any need, without any prayer request, without any grocery list, you can still pray. Because prayer is not for asking. Prayer is for relationships. It's just to have fun with your father. Yeah. Just to hang out with him. Just to let him whisper in your ear. Just to let the Holy Spirit guide all your affairs so that you can guide them with discretion. Just to let the Holy Spirit tell you what to do with your children. Give you wisdom on what to do with your marriage. Give you wisdom on what to do with your job, your business, and so on and so forth. That's what prayer is for, having a functional relationship with God. Amen? But he says here, charge them not to be high-minded, to be haunted, not to be trusting in their uncertain riches. Another thing we learn in that verse is that riches are uncertain. But God is certain. But in the living God, we should put our trust in the living God who richly gives us all things to what? To enjoy. Man, we need to have a good balance between these two words. Trust and enjoy. God wants you to enjoy, but he doesn't want you to trust. Amen? He wants you to enjoy the good things in life. He wants you to enjoy finances, but he just doesn't want you to put your trust in them. Because you were never meant to put your trust in things. You are meant to have dominion over things. That's why he says in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with how much? All your heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Man, when you put your trust in the living God, riches and wealth and money won't direct your steps. God will. Amen, that's right. God wants your heart. He wants you to give him your heart. And the only way you can do it is in Matthew 6.21 as we close. Is this helping you? Thank you, Jesus. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if God wants your heart, he has to do it by way of directing your treasure. And your treasure in 2020 is mucho dinero. Oh yeah. oh, that's right. Better known as money. Honey. <laughs> Amen. You know, we sing songs about, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my all. And God turns around and he says, give me a hundred rand. Oh no, Lord, I, I can't give you. No, you didn't give him your heart. I don't care, I don't care how uh, 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 demonstrative you were in worship. I don't care how... Uh, some people are very demonstrative. They bark like dogs. They roll on the floor. They do all kinds of weird stuff. It doesn't matter how... Dem- Remember the rich man who went and threw himself at the feet of Jesus. He was demonstrative in his worship. And he says, Master, what shall I do for me to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Jesus said, Go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. He helped the man see where his heart was through his wealth. Man, if I can encourage you with something this morning, make sure that your heart is not in your house. Make sure that your heart is not in your golf clubs. Make sure that your heart is not in your car. Because, man, when that golf club breaks... You know what else is breaking with it? God doesn't mind you having a real expensive titliest. Is that what they call it? Titlist. You know the big one? The big one that you driver. The driver? God doesn't mind you having a 50,000 rand driver. He just doesn't want your heart in that drive. He doesn't mind you having a five million rand house, car, or whatever, but he just doesn't want your heart in those things. So, how does God get your heart to stay in the kingdom? He says, Take a portion of what you have and give it to me. Amen. Amen. When we give to God, it's not meant to enrich God. God is cool, <laughs> He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. I mean, if God has to get it from the animal kingdom to make his work continue, he will do it. If he has to go and fish, get a coin, a gold coin out of the fish's mouth, God is going to. God is all right. You know, this helped me. When I found out that God was cool and well supplied, it gave me some perspective on giving offerings and tithes. I realized for the first time that I wasn't helping God. I found out that I was helping me. Oh, man, it set me free. When I found out that God is cool, he owns a kettle on a thousand hills. He said, all the silver and all the gold is mine. God is good, but God wants your heart to be translated from things into his kingdom. And how does he do that? He says, take a portion of what you have and give it to me. I don't care who you are when you give a portion of what you have to God, you know, at the beginning of the year, I had a few young people come to me and they say, Pastor T, you know, I'm really, uh, uh, right, I'm going to put this as my resolution this year that I'm going to come to church more. And I said, is that a resolution? They said, yeah, it's a resolution. I said, I can help you with that resolution. They said, really? I said, what? How can you help me, Pastor T? I said, start sending your money to the church. How many of if you know that when you start giving, really giving to this place, you're going to show up every Sunday. Yeah, that's right. To see what we are doing with your money. Man, you're gonna show up. You're gonna come because your body is gonna fall away, your treasure, your heart is gonna follow. It's gonna, you're gonna be here every Sunday. You may be the first one in this place. Amen? And so the goal of prosperity, let me set you free with this, is not consumption. We don't measure prosperity by what you put on. We don't measure prosperity by what you consume. We measure prosperity by how much you can be of a blessing to others. And let me tell you this, God wants you to be a blessing to this dying world that we are in. God has so much work for you and I. Man, if we can just give him our hearts, God will begin to trust us with platforms that will literally blow your mind. Amen? Why don't you stand on your feet? Did that help you? (laughs) We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.